Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. And on this show, as you know, this is another of our mini-sodes where we are not exactly reading Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter, but we are going through the Dune Encyclopedia and discussing entries from that. And uh, yeah, today... um, I'm starting to run out of shorter entries. <laughs> yeah, so, a lot of these go into a lot of depth. So I think uh, starting on our next mini-sode, I'm going to have to read through them and write up quick summaries. or Because it, it just wouldn't do for me. I'm not the greatest at reading things out loud, as you know. <laughs> so um, I don't think I could do like, you know, four or five pages yeah. of a thing. Going to have to sum up for y'all. I think that works because a lot of these, yeah. it's like, well, why is this six pages long? What are you? What are you doing? I know. Why do I need like a hundred pages on? I don't know, like the uh, climate of Kalanen. <laughs> like that's <Yeah>. cool, but <laughs> thank you. But <laughs> those are always the funniest to me with any kind of fictional encyclopedia though because Mm -hmm. it's great it's great to have this information it's great that you know this stuff exists yeah but also you're like okay i just need to find out one fact i really don't need (laughs) six paragraphs on the culture of a planet that was mentioned one time yeah i mean not to say that this book is not fascinating because it absolutely is it is the most bonkers fan fiction um (laughs) But it's also just, it's, like, really cool and really interesting, but um, it, it's not the best for, like, you know, just straight up talking about. You have yeah. to have, like, a kind of a discussion, you know? Yeah. We have to make the people learn. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, though, I just want to thank everyone for bearing with us while we took a week off because I had COVID. So, uh, Boo. great going me. Yeah. <laughs> But I live, bitch, so. Yeah, you held out this long. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but anyway, uh, did you want to start things off, Megan? Yes. So this week I have chosen another animal entry because the animals of Dune are insane. (laughs) They're just nuts. Nothing is just a kitty. No. (laughs) I don't know if it's because it's the future or because it's outer space, but even (laughs) in other like fantasy sci-fi things there are just like a dog equivalent i i actually have to interrupt you for a second because i the day that we're recording this they've released the images from the james webb space telescope and you know so i've been like reading a bunch of stuff about that and every time i hear the words outer space and then you just say it i just like my mind flashes to adam driver and inside luella days space (laughs) it's just the best <laughs> go look it up on youtube if you've never seen inside Llewellyn davis like and if you haven't like, please see inside Llewellyn davis because it's great yeah it's great it's but great i'm sorry continue continue talking about that's entirely fair space yeah <laughs> so this week i am telling everyone about the raya wolves Ooh, more wolves more wolves the wolves of okay. dune so many <laughs> Found only on Seleucus Secundus, these insatiable predators were among the most fearsome, naturally evolved creatures known to humankind. Everything is. Everything in Dune is always the most whatever. (laughs) The most. Just full stop. The most. 
They represented one of the main ecological checks on that planet, keeping weaker life forms, including humans, from becoming too numerous. An adult wolf could bring down a full-grown ganja. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to look that up. I mean, I know the colloquialism, but... <laughs> <laughs> The average male of the species had a soldier uh, had a shoulder height of 1.5 meters. The female only slightly less. Weights range from 50 to 60 kilos, making the animal sleek and devoid of excess fat. Bursts of speed in excess of 95 kilometers per hour by hunting females had been, have been reported, while the average traveling speed of a pack without young was estimated as somewhat less than that half that figure. Pups born a gestation period of four standard months were capable of seeing and walking easily within two hours of their birth, and within four weeks could bring down their own food, generally the smaller ground animals. Mm. Only this rapid development allowed their survival in the harsh ecosystem of Seleucus Secundus, and a 60% mortality rate was still the norm. Ooh. If they survived, the young wolves underwent a color change from their light gray at birth through dun through a deep brown coat of maturity. Raya wolf fur was extremely glossy and much valued, valued in fashionable society. Some stuff never changes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. This is a society, like, you could be wearing whale fur and you're going to wear a wolf coat? Boo. <laughs> well, I mean, it's humans and we're the worst, so. Stay the worst. Kind of, kind of comforting to know that never really changes. Yeah, right. The species' origin is not known with certainty. They may have evolved from a smaller, less fierce species, the volley wolves, but the theory has yet to be proven. It is certain, however, that Raya wolves were known and feared on Seleucus Secundus as early as 4492 when the Zinsuni wanderers were taken to that planet. Fremen records accounting for that time indicate that their people suffered a substantial number of losses to the wolves during their first generation on the prison planet. House Carina was known to have made several attempts to export Raya wolves to their various holdings for use as sentinels, but they were not successful. Trial and error showed that the wolves sickened and died on milder planets, and all such efforts were abandoned. It was precisely this inability to adapt which led to the species' extinction. Following the exile of Shaddam IV, the last Carino emperor, to Seleucus Secundus, Emperor Paul Muad'Dib-Atreides ordered the placement of weather satellites and other climate-modifying devices around that world. In the gentler environment these modifications induced, the Raya wolves could not survive. Way to go, Paul! I mean... <laughs> Just setting up setting up the, uh, the gazebo for your father-in-law, and you kill, <laughs> you kill off an entire species. Right. Nice. Nice going. And six billion people, but we don't, you know, we're not talking about that right now. We don't talk what's about Bruno. That, what's that vine that's like, way to go, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just the theme of our show yeah <laughs> so yeah I, mean, I like how every animal in the dune universe is just like extreme <laughs> yeah it's the most this or the most that but i do like the description of the wolves and how they have these shiny glossy coats mm-hmm. it makes me want to I, I would like to pet one. Yeah, Paul Baudis killed them all. Yeah, well, also, it would probably kill me first, so. Yeah, it sounds like they were just killing machines, but. Mm-hmm, but looking great while doing it. Love it. I love that the Carinos could not, just couldn't handle them. <laughs> uh, and it took Paul Wadib 
to bring them all down. What a shame. Yeah. So which of the wolves do you favor then in this? The, these are the, uh, what were the other ones called again? Oh, the ones that, uh, that we discussed that you made. Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> it's just, this well, is not I, an, an easy, I don't have a paper copy, so I have to like jiggle through this PDF no, totally. every time. So. <laughs> um, I was going to say, it, it sounds like these were more like, uh, you know, natural predators than the yes. ones that were just bred to have giant shoulders d wolves <laughs> d wolves thank you d wolves the wolves the wolves <laughs> he couldn't come up with a name no <laughs> oh you know, frank if... got into his own stash when writing some of these things let's see if it'll tell me well, what I... ganja is yeah it's, it, oh it it's does... like um the ganja, a partially domesticated form of buffalo. Oh, interesting. I would love to have a domesticated buffalo. That would be really nice. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't domesticate wild animals, but it would be cool to pet one and, you know, give it a nice place to graze. You sound like all those people at Yellowstone who are constantly no, getting I... headbutted by <laughs> buffalo because they're like, going to take <laughs> oh a selfie. Yeah, so this was a long time ago. This would be in the, in the sometime in the nineties. My grandparents used to. Um, my grandpa drove one of those like Honda Goldwing motorcycles, like you know, the big motorcycles mm -hmm. that like old men drive. <laughs> <laughs> so he, him, and my grandma like did uh, a cross country motorcycle thing, and they stopped in. I think it was Yellowstone. They stopped and uh, my grandma was trying to like take pictures of the buffalo and it started charging at her. Um, so that probably, you know, added to her anxiety. Uh, yeah, I would think just a little. But it's like, but it's like, Joanne, what are you doing? Don't, don't get so close to the buffalo. That's a giant wild animal. <laughs> it's like, I don't even get that close to horses because they're so big. And they're well, so like they're that's what they're so I, powerful. How I feel when people act like, you know, there every every, you know, two weeks there's a story mm -hmm. about, oh, an alligator was on a playground or something. And it's like, well, yeah, because they live there. So especially if you're yeah. in Florida, that's where they live. They come out. Look, if you're going to live in Florida, alligators are just a way of life. They are. And also what people forget is that for the most part. People leave them alone. Like, yeah, if you're yeah. feeding them or something, then, like, someone has to come and deal with it because that becomes more dangerous. But for the most part, they're just like, I'm going over there. Just yeah. let me go over there. Yeah, they really won't bother you unless you mess with them. But you do get people who are like, I'm going to go smack its tail. I'm going to go take a picture of it. And it's just to those people, I say, well, then you're, that's what you're getting. Yeah. They don't call it a Darwin Award for nothing. Sorry, Timothy Treadwells of the world. The animals are not your friends. <laughs> yeah i it drives me crazy seeing people like do stupid shit that endangers both themselves and the animals like especially the second part because it's like if you're just endangering yourself well then fuck you you're an idiot but if you're endangering like a protected animal or even not a, a protected but one that was just minding its own business 
doing every, its own thing. Every so often, what I like to do to rile up my brother is I'll text him <laughs> that um, I've reread Into the Wild and I found it inspirational. Oh God! And I get back, I, I get back, like what the. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, no. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. Just go out to the wilderness without yeah, any idea of what death, you're doing. Like a fucking jump. Uh, okay. Oh, we're well, so... I'm gonna get. <laughs> we yeah. do have hearts. I promise. We just. I I don't know, man. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of shriveling. If you're gonna be outdoorsy, be like Lee Pace and post Instagram photos of you climbing mountains. Yeah. That's good sweaty. for everyone. God dang. <laughs> Thank God for early paces Instagram. How else will we make it through these troubling times? It's true. And also, I'm yeah. so sad that he, you know, Foundation snatched him up before we could get him in Dune. Because I bet he wouldn't want to, like, cross those streams. Oh, my God. He'd be so good in Dune. Just as anything. Like, really. Just Lee Pace. Mm -hmm. Stars yeah. as Lee Pace in Dune. He could be, like, you know, one of those, like imperial messenger guys i mean they obviously sure. have amazing cheekbones and they hire on looks yeah obviously um, i mean god everyone uh, in the movie is so gorgeous that was that whole scene was a revelation though it's like i'm sorry mm -hmm. and who are you sir <laughs> hello <laughs> cheekbones for the gods <laughs> we sent our best looking messenger because we know this yeah, is all obviously. bullshit it was their trickery. That's how they were trying to trick the Atreides. They were like, well, send a hot dude. Send a good looking guy. And That'll they won't pay him. any attention. Yeah. <laughs> well, um. Sorry, pause to cough. Uh, okay. Well, then I'm going to get into mine. That's okay. If we're, if we're done talking about wolves. We are. Okay. Uh, so I've chosen uh, Amtal or the Amtal rule, which is a philosophical concept with the basic premise that in order to know a thing well, you have to know its limits. So in other words, only when an object is pushed beyond its limits will its true nature be seen. And I chose this because it kind of feels relevant to our current situation. Okay. <laughs> We're all being pushed to our limits right now. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, for societies that live in the harshest of environments, Amtal is the only logical test of objects upon which people depend on for survival. On Arrakis, for example, during the years before Muad'Dib, the Fremen were strict practitioners of Amtal. Whether it be a still suit to hold the body's water, a thumper to call the great worms of dune, or a maker to hook a maker hook for capturing and steering worms. Every design was as well as every piece of material was tested until it was literally destroyed. Which is good. I mean, you know, it's standards. Mm -hmm. QT. Yeah. Or QR rather. Yeah. Q wait, QC. QC control. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Did I mention that I've been having some serious brain fog <laughs> since getting COVID? Because I am. Yeah, I think you're allowed. Um, you're, you, yeah, you're, you're forgiven. You have the, yeah. the, the Rona. Yeah. So it's not difficult to understand why such societies would so zealously apply Amtal. Theory could not be depended on if one's own life and the life of the community was at stake, which is something I like. 
Mm-hmm. I I appreciate. I I am a person that appreciates regulations. Fair, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, like things that your survival depends on. So that includes things you put in your body, like food and water, and things like cars and uh, homes and heating systems mm-hmm. and just everything you know these are things that it is important that they be you know functional and as good as they can be because you know it's for your good and for everyone's good precisely yeah uh let's see this is kind of long but i'm gonna say uh amtal even if it's even in its simplest forms takes on a metaphorical dimension okay In any of its applications, it represents life itself and is applied finally to human beings as well as to objects. If a failed still suit meant certain death for an individual Fremen, the failure of a Fremen to carry out a necessary task meant the death of the entire community. All Fremen were, as a consequence, subject to Amtal at all stages of their lives. Every act became a further test to prove the worth of each individual to the community. If an individual failed that test, the consequences were the same as if an object had been pushed beyond its limits. The individual was destroyed. Oof. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's the Fremen. They're not fucking around. This is I true. guess, you know, it's like the guy on the back of the worm that's got a steer. If he fucks up, then, you know, everyone falls off the worm and they die. I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> They're they're tossing me out. Yeah, (laughs) y'all, I'm right there with you. Uh, It must be pointed out, however, that an individual's failure and death did not necessarily mean shame. For the Fremen, how an individual faced that failure was highly significant. And I I assume this is like one of their the rule about, um, you know, being blinded and walking Mm -hmm. into the desert. You know, it's like, yes, you, you can't be part of this community anymore. But like you, you need to do the honorable thing. But like, there's no shame in it attached yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, it's just that some sometimes this happens. <clears throat> yeah. After all, it it was in the ending, the extension beyond natural limits that the truth was revealed. Thus, for societies like the Fremen living on Arrakis thousands of years ago, Amtal was the very cycle of life and death. It's the circle of life. I, don't, I mean, I like it, but I don't like it because it's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it is, but at the same time, like, I enjoy, I mean, this feels like a, a true, I guess I'm just craving, like, socialism so fucking bad <laughs> that that this is very appealing to me. I mean, yes, <laughs> please don't test me beyond my limits because I will fail and will be weeded out. But at the same time... I love the idea of everyone making sure that every piece of the machine works, and that includes people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's one of those things that sounds unspeakably harsh to us mm-hmm. because it's not something we have to do to survive. But if it's right. you know what you got to do, I like no one. No one likes it, but also, uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, when you're living in such extremes that way and it's 
like every one mistake is life and death mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then yeah i mean it's important i i i see the importance of trying to minimize damage in that way exactly yeah that's a good way to yeah. put it yeah so i mean is it the kindest thing in the world no probably not but <laughs> i mean is it the smartest thing for the survival of you know of that group of people or what exactly and before no one's saying that we have to do this in suburbia like my neighbors not gonna come over and be like (laughs) i need everyone to do a test before you can go over to the wegmans um you know they might want to see your your bank account i don't know like before you come to wegmans we're gonna need to know you're good for it uh but other than that in the fremen society this makes sense yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. get on Twitter <laughs> acting like you would do this because we all know you wouldn't. No, no. God, I certainly wouldn't. And I'm not advocating for it here. I'm just saying there are aspects of Amtal that appeal to me. Precisely. Yeah. Not not the overall philosophy of it, but, you know, certain parts, if I could pick, you know, pick and choose what I like out of that basket, then I would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's mine. <laughs> what a week. I I know, dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It has been a crazy busy week. I've had Ooh. so much stuff and then just so much like, Lemon, writing. It's Tuesday. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh no. <laughs> I was counting last week in, in in this week. It's just week. Oh, sure, sure. In the yeah, week. No. <laughs> It is. Well, do you have anything to plug for us today? I do, in fact. So uh, Lifetime has just dropped the first in what will be a four-part series, a mini-series, but a series uh, of based on the V.C. Andrews book, Garden of Shadows. It is there. They have called it Flowers in the Attic, the origin, which is, mm-hmm. I don't know who signed off on that one, but all right. They didn't ask me. Um <laughs> I reviewed the first part of that for The Spool, and prior to that, I also wrote a lengthier piece for The Spool, which is kind of a crash... A little primer. A little primer. A little crash course in the first four Lifetime Flowers in the Attic series movies, in case you have no idea what's happening or have forgotten and don't feel like going back. I read it. It's very good. I've only ever seen the original miniseries that was made mm-hmm. or movie or whatever the one with louise fletcher i saw that oh one. that the theatrical one yeah yeah so that's that was like my entire knowledge of it but like reading through your <laughs> your little summary of all these things i was like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> and i left stuff out <laughs> there was stuff where i was like i cannot do a play-by-play because this is not that kind of thing i gotta oh. Also, if anyone's interested in a play-by-play, I used to do that on my blog, which I can link on Twitter because I don't feel okay. Like it. But they, yeah, the um, I wrote that. It's also got some feelings, some you know emotional <laughs> connection to connections. Yeah, the works of VC Andrews. But yeah, so those are both up on the spool right now. You know that like handshake or the like the meme, like the the hands uh, clenched. You yeah, you know what I mean. Like one guy 
grabbing the other guy's hand like they're arm wrestling. So From Predator, um, yes, yeah, the Predator thing. Thank yeah. you, God. I was like, I was like, was it Commando? I was knew I was gonna fuck that up. So, <laughs> uh, but it's like VC Andrews and Frank Herbert, and it's like <laughs> sort of sister yeah. fucking. <laughs> like, hey, guess what? What's a great idea? <laughs> Incest. <laughs> it's such a. I feel like there's so much as but that is a trope. There are so many mm. things you can do with it that are interesting and no one ever does. Everyone I, just always goes for ew. Actually, I I will say what actually there is a story out there and I think I, I this would be giving away a big part of the plot, but this is an old movie. It's been out for ages, like 20 years, so if you haven't seen it, that's your own fault, but it's a movie called Lone Star. It's got yes. Chris Cooper and uh, yeah. So there's like sort of a subplot in that that is sort of sort of like that. And they really kind of they do actually do something kind of interesting with it, I think. I agree. So, it was funny because as you were saying that, I was thinking like, what could be that wasn't gro- Lone Star? <laughs> <laughs> Going through my f- mind mean, folders. I'm not saying it wasn't gross. I'm just saying well, I thought it was kind of interesting the way that they handled it. And I wasn't I wasn't grossed out by it. Because it's at not the time, I guess. It's not done in what is usually the way is it's usually we're going sensational. To sensational or provocative or it's yeah. sort of undercut as like, isn't this character evil? Because he's mm-hmm. you know it's it's like it's like the layer in scarface where it's like not only yeah. is he this this drug baron and he kills people mm-hmm. but he's also obsessed with his sister in a way that you shouldn't be obsessed <laughs> yeah. with your sister and yeah yeah whereas uh, there was also you know you oh, can do ahead. more interesting things with it if you must i must you know there are plenty of other tropes out there and but. I'd hesitate to to call this interesting. I think that might be stretching it too far. But there was also an episode of House MD that sort of went into this. That was kind of interesting. And it wasn't super like, oh, scandal, you know? I think that, yeah, I think there's like 17 SBUs that also were like, <laughs> surprise. Oh, of course. <laughs> Have we mentioned? Uh, but... V.C. Andrews, I think, gets gets hung up there quite a lot, and I, I... I'm just now I'm now picturing Olivia Benson like looking through a V.C. Andrews book and being like, "This sick fuck." <laughs> She's like, "This is so many." I'm just gonna write down all the crimes. <laughs> I'm just gonna make little notes in the margins. Gonna take of this all the stuff long. <laughs> Locking your kids in an attic, bad. <laughs> Against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> just not cool and on <laughs> any level <laughs> so fortunately we do not get any of that in dune no one is locked in an attic we just we do get you know inappropriate staring true but well um yeah i've got a piece up now on the new amc show moonhaven um, it's pretty good. I, I'm going to give it that. It's it's actually really a lot more entertaining than I... I hate saying this, but it was a lot more entertaining than I wanted it to be. Because <laughs> I thought it was just going to be kind of slick and bland and soulless. But it's actually, like, weird and kind of funny. And it, they do some interesting things. But it is very silly. So 
you know, depending on what your tolerance for silly is, you might enjoy it. But yeah, check okay. that out. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Read read bows if you want something silly, because there's nothing silly about VC interests. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I think it's pretty silly, but well, yeah. It, I mean, it's silly kind of as a, a thing. Yeah. But within the that actual it, text, in the, no, the actual no, no. plot. <laughs> no, I remember watching that that movie when I was a kid and just being like, so I was like, this is like, I don't feel like this should be that sexy. The funniest thing, just as I will say this, is that I know a lot of people who never read any of the books and who mm-hmm. have only seen that movie. And they yeah, will. There that's are, me. Yeah. And there are people who will talk about like, oh, my gosh, that movie was so it was so creepy and gross, like the relationship mm-hmm. between the brother and sister. And I have to laugh because friends, they censored that shit. <laughs> <laughs> For mainstream <laughs> audiences, like everything that you went, oh, that's a little weird in the movie is laid out for you, just like on the tin in the book. <laughs> well, the thing that always stuck with me is like the scene where the daughter is like, not the daughter, but like the mom slash the kid's mom is like getting whipped mm-hmm. in front of her dying father. And it's like weird and gross but also seems like very fetishized yeah that's fair yeah 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 I mean this is a series where ultimately uh, the brother and sister like I guess we just gotta get married (laughs) what you do nothing else to do for it so (laughs) but not like Leto and Ghani this isn't just for kick just for show it's for kicks (laughs) Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Yeah, please. (laughs) We're going to end on that note. (laughs) As always, you can check us out on Twitter. We should probably put something on Instagram someday. 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 If we ever get to see each other again, if the world ever allows it, (laughs) we'll put a lot of that on Instagram. Just our faces. Everyone's like, oh, great. Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going, great. All these pictures of Megan and We're having a great time. But please, uh, shout out to us on Twitter. We're always on there. Please. Yeah, always. Uh, just let us know if there's anything you want us to cover from the Dune Encyclopedia the- or anything else. Like, just one of the definitions in the back of a book. Yeah. Don't ask us to read the Brian Herbert books, though. Yeah, don't, don't do I that. Because we that, won't do that. That's a, that's a line we're not going to cross in this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I'm not gonna shit on those books. Like, they've entertained a lot of people, and therefore, you know, they have their following and they have yes. value to someone. It's just they're not for me. Yep. And there's so many of them there's that so many. we're not gonna we're not look gonna at cover how them. long it took us to get through children to Children of Dune. We would never stop podcasting, and eventually, I mean. We're not. We did take a long time. We did take a a few months off there. (laughs) I mean, we did, but you just the the world is the world, and it is. I mean, who knows? (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see how we get through God Emperor coming up because that's a that's a chunky boy. 
That is a chunky boy. That is a great weird book. My like I mentioned before, <laughs> my cousin was reading it, so I've been getting periodic texts that are just uh. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, God Emperor of Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's going to do it for us today, uh, everyone. Until next time, be nice. Take, Take your, your spice. spice. Bye.